right. Are you ready for some football? It's Monday night, and me and Ryan Bukovetsky is feeling all right. This is the All 32 podcast. Back at it for week three of the NFL season, and we're bringing it to you live right before the Bears and Washington take take hold of the football consciousness on Monday night. And, um, yeah, we're just going to run through all the week's action in the NFL. We may do it a little speedier than usual uh, because we want to get to some of Ryan's final preview, final preview stuff before we get into the game. And um, I guess all (laughs) y'all, this is a little bit of uh, just behind the scenes stuff because y'all really probably going to be listening to this after the game. But, uh, you know, we're just just doing everything at once here. And, um, you know, you could listen, you could listen to the Bears analysis. Really, you can listen to the Bears analysis during the game. I'm going to post it up during the game, but it'll also be available at the end of this All 32 episode. So you can listen to it at your leisure uh, after the game as well. But you're also going to be uh, going live on Facebook with that preview stuff. So if you hadn't joined us on Facebook and you're hearing this after the fact, make sure to uh, look out for Regal Radio's uh, Facebook page. Uh, you know, on, on most game days, we're going to bring a little something special for you on that Facebook page. But uh, for now, you know, just listen to us and enjoy this. Again, this is Kyle Means, Editorial Director, WeAreRegalRadio.com, War on Anchor, War Media, all that good stuff. And on the line with me, our Chief Bears reporter, NFL writer, uh, breakdown analyst extraordinaire, Mr. Ryan Bukovetsky. How you doing, Ryan? Uh, doing pretty good, Kyle. Getting excited. Hopefully, uh, the Bears can put a nice topper to what's been a pretty exciting week three. Yes, indeed. I uh, know a lot of people around the country sort of, you know, probably think this to be an anticlimactic end of the uh, of week three. But of course, for us here in Chicago, this is pretty big as as usual. Uh, you know, the the Bears have a chance to gain some momentum. Coming out of that close Denver win, they have a chance to make themselves look a bit more uh, so solid and more uh, legit than I think a lot of people want to believe them to be. And um, you know, we'll talk. Like I said, we'll talk a bit later about the Bears again. But uh, you know, this is definitely a, a you know a chance for the Bears here against a not so good Washington team to uh, make a statement. And uh, hopefully that can that can happen in some way or another, or you know if they gotta scratch out another win, you know I guess that'll be better than losing. You know we we'll have to see how that goes. But but now you know let's uh let's just dive right back into the rest of the league and the results from week three. Like you say, Ryan, a pretty exciting week. Some top contests, you know, uh, anticipate anticipatory contests. Some good teams went against each other. A couple of good, really good matchups. You know, if it was college, you'd probably say there was some top 25 matchups there. 
And um, let's start off with that most ant- no anticipatory game of this week, which was the Chiefs and the Ravens out there in Kansas City. And I think as as uh, you know, if you haven't listened to our previous All-32s, we run down each score, go over each each score, each result, and uh, sort of give you a best and worst, uh, you know, effort or aspect of each division as we break down each division in the league, all the all eight of them. And, um, you know, that's, uh, I guess with this one, since we have the, the Chiefs and they took the win 33-28 over the Ravens, we'll start with the AFC West. And, uh, like, again, you know, Chiefs, big – Big matchup between quarterbacks. This is the type of matchup that the league likes to see. Young, they two of the best young talents, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, show being showcased here, and they both did some electrifying things. But Mahomes once again was the better man with the better offense all around around them, and uh, you know they pulled out that win there. We'll probably talk some more about that in a second. But looking at the rest of the AFC West. You had the uh, Chargers took a loss to Texans to the Houston Texans at home in LA, 27-20 win there for Houston. And elsewhere, the uh, uh, see the Raiders took the big loss to the Vikings, 34-14 in Minnesota, and the Broncos. Lost again to an NFC Central opponent. This time, the Packers had to make the trip up to Green Bay, twenty-seven sixteen. The final there for the the Green Bay win. So, uh, you know, I guess you know, Ryan. As we look at this division, the Chiefs, not surprisingly, are three and zero at this point. You got uh, you know, Chargers fell again. Uh, after you know, pretty uh, uh, a nice week one win for them. You know they've lost two straight. Broncos are really not a contender right now. They're on three, and the Raiders. Uh, you know they had their week one win against Denver, but after that they've uh, you know fell. You know haven't seen any wins as well. So it's looking now like the Chiefs. You know already an easy pick in the division. It looks like they're even easier pick right now going forward yeah the Chiefs are definitely my highlight for the division this week and you know big time victory against the Ravens and not that I think it surprised anybody everyone is just on board on the Patrick Mahomes train because when you got a guy that good at that position you're really in every football game and it doesn't really matter what else is around you so He uh, continues to do what he does, and that's really play well and not turn the ball over, Uh, almost like uh, Aaron Rodgers, maybe Peyton Manning hybrid a little bit with him. And and it's really uh, been exciting to see. And and overall, uh, a really good display for the Chiefs as they uh, continue their winning ways. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, this is a type of game that they definitely can – you know, uh, grab a hold on as far as looking forward. If they should ever see the Ravens again, maybe in the in the postseason, you know, they have to gain a lot of confidence with this one, especially given the way that the Ravens started and the way that uh, you know, Lamar Jackson started. He 
you know, again, made a handful of, of fine plays, showed his athleticism again, but he also was under a lot of uh, heat in the pocket, you know, rolling out the pocket as, as such. You know, had to make some wild, couple wild throws. I think the one across the field, he got a little bit too much props there, and, and Willie Sneed didn't get enough props on bringing that ball down. But uh, you know, it, it took it took some strain for a Baltimore to keep going in this game to keep up with KC's high powered offense, and you know they made some questionable choices. You know, with the two point conversions, maybe they took away some points that they could have had easy and made it a little easier on them in in the late later half of the game you know but uh you know they're they're aggressive and uh john harbaugh has come out today and said that team is going to stay aggressive and you know with with the talent that they do have led by jackson and uh you know mark ingram and such and you know their deep thought ball threats hollywood brown and sneed and such you know there's no reason for them not to be aggressive and and in most cases, they're going to be overpowering against the teams that they play this year. It's just that nobody's really overpowering uh, Kansas City right now, except for you know maybe you know uh, New England if we see them match up again or something like that. Yeah, I, they really have been just as impressive as they were last year, and they'll be uh, probably the case moving forward. They're seemingly destined to go up against New England. And kind of maybe similar to New England, uh, we remember uh, past matchups with the Chargers and the Patriots, and the Chargers are my low light this week for that AFC West. I mean, when when you got Patrick Mahomes in your division, it's all about winning because you know that you probably can't win your division, so you want to make sure you take advantage of any opportunity for a wild card. And and the Texans are a team that will probably win the South, but, uh, you know, with how close it is and how many good teams and how how much of a gauntlet it could potentially be, maybe it won't be that easy for the Texans. And they'll be fighting for a wild-card spot, but now they have a tie-break over those Chargers. And I watched that game, and it looked like the Chargers had a ton of opportunities to take advantage of, but they weren't able to. And once Deshaun Watson got hot, it was game over for them. So uh, I think uh, a disheartening effort, and now it – they're getting to the point where they might have to start recalibrating their expectations for this year. Yeah, that, looking at the stats, I got them in front of me. This this looked like more of a, a old school AFL type of shootout, man. Both of these teams are really one dimensional right now. Just throwing it through the air. You know, Watson put up big numbers, and you know, you look at the Chargers. So did Philip Rivers, but I think that's a team that, and you look at the Chargers. That's a team that is definitely missing Melvin Gordon. And, uh, you know, they made their decision with him, and it looks like, you know, I, I think they're going to be a lesser team for that. And if you look at a, you look at a contest like this, where maybe controlling the ball would have helped them a little better against a team that, you know, knows it can't run the ball either in Houston, you know, maybe that would have made a difference with them, especially at home, you know, uh, given how negligible, you know, even how uh, negligible uh, – home field advantage the stub hub center is you know uh you still got to take advantage of that if you're if you're the chargers and if you want to keep uh keep up with kansas city throughout the rest of the season but uh but yeah let's go moving over though let's go from that uh from that texans chargers game let's move over to the afc south where 
the Texans are in control right now. Again, they won two. They pushed their record up to two and one with the win over the Chargers. Uh, you know, as Ryan said, they own in the tiebreakers uh, against. Uh, they they own they definitely own against the uh, Jaguars, who also won on Thursday. They they beat the fellow uh, South team, the Titans, who uh, lost a lot of momentum since their their big win over Cleveland in Week One. Uh, but that was a twenty to seven score in Jacksonville on Thursday, and the remaining. Uh, South team, the Colts picked up another win, 27-24 over the Falcons, a team who uh, you know, we've both been sort of down on uh, in the AFC South there. We'll, we'll probably talk more about them when we get to that division, but a nice win for the Colts, uh, keeping themselves at, with a winning record. And like you said, uh, same with the Texans doing it on the road. And uh, you no know, Jaguars keeping themselves in it, you know, somewhat. You know, they definitely didn't want to go zero and three with all the the uh, controversy going around them with Jalen Ramsey and stuff. And the uh, Titans just again look like the Titans, and uh, nothing really special there. So, what are your thoughts on the uh, AFC South, Ryan? Uh, my highlight goes to Indianapolis, and you could really go a bunch of three ways with Houston having an impressive victory. Uh, the Jaguars really uh, taking care of business at home was uh, somewhat impressive. But uh, for me, it was Indianapolis, and I was watching this game as well against Atlanta. And I think Atlanta, you know, they might not be a perfect team, and Matt Ryan will still do some just questionable things at the quarterback position. But I think they are a pretty solid team, if not a good team that can definitely win their division or at least get into the playoffs. And for Indianapolis, they looked really in charge the entire game and defensively maybe gave up some points a little bit more late in that game than they would have liked. But that's still a high-powered offense over there, so I'm not surprised Atlanta was able to get 24 points. And Jacoby Brissett, he's been playing really solid. I like what he's doing. Marlon Mack is a great running back for what they're doing, and Frank Wright is doing as the uh, head coach and coordinator. So overall, uh, I was impressed with the Colts, and I, I think that they're the highlight and they're tied for first place. Yeah, and you looked at uh, with the with the Colts, they dealing with some injuries too on defense. Darius Leonard, uh, an important player for them, he uh, was out out the game. Uh, this week and you know a, a couple other players for them but uh they they still did enough to keep Atlanta at bay and that's a definitely a good sign for them and uh you know I, there's been some reports for uh, Marlon Mack coming out of the game they're running back uh lead running back you know hopefully he won't be uh affected too much by uh in, by injury himself but you know I think what Matt gives them is something, if you compare them to Houston, definitely a much more of a balanced attack given his ability to to grind out yards. And Brissett is showing you know, more and more confidence, it looks like, each week as a passer and a controller of the offense. So, you know, you definitely got to look at the Colts again as a team who can make some noise in that division. And they are keeping, keeping pace with Houston, who uh, – you know, it, like I said, have a lot of talent, but a, a big deficiency with their run game 
So we're going to see how that affects them uh, against some better competition going forward. But, you know, looking at Houston, like I say, Houston and, um, you know, Indy looking good coming out of this third week. And the other two teams of the division faced off against each other, like we said, uh, uh, Jacksonville and, you know, Tennessee. And uh, I guess one of them would probably be your low light, right, Ryan? Yeah, uh, how you put it, Colts and Texans definitely seem like the class of the division, and it'll be fun to see them play. And uh, at the bottom, we have the Jaguars and the Titans, and we did see them play, and really it was a beatdown by the Jags, and and the Titans just looked bad. They're my low light of the division for the week. Uh, Really just a bad showing for Marcus Mariota, a bad showing for that team overall. They look completely unprepared for the start of that game and you know if they got to be able to figure out something better especially when you had that impressive week one victory and now you've got a, a couple straight weeks of uh of having some issues when it comes to some competition that you got to be able to play well against like your division and uh for the titans they got to figure out answers quickly if they're going to get back into this divisional race or just end up where we think they will probably towards the bottom yes indeed have to agree with you on that the titans uh again i'm i'm, I'm looking at delaney walker man what you got to say this week man you know he's uh talking a bit after that cleveland win and and that cleveland win doesn't even look too impressive after this point at, at this point in time you know uh, that wouldn't get them much BCS points if they were in the college football Mm-mm. playoff hunt. That, I'm totally with you on that one. Yeah. But uh, speaking of those those darn Browns, let's move over to the North. And, uh, you know, the Browns had a big showcase uh, this week, showcase game Sunday night at home. And uh, I guess first time in a long time for them that they've had the game like that. But uh, you know, a lot of a lot of hype for Cleveland coming into this season, and they have not got off to a start that really uh, underscores that hype that would you know hold it up. And uh, you know, they the offense is not you know doing anything much. Uh, they're not really utilizing. Well, they 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 utilize OBJ pretty pretty good against the Jets. You know, not surprisingly, but this week. He sort of fell back, you know, uh, in, in general, Mayfield fell back. And, you know, this, you know, they're in search of a lot of answers right now in Cleveland. They took the 20-13 uh, to 13 L to the L.A. Rams on Sunday night. And, you know, elsewhere in the division, uh, you know, of course, we talk about the Ravens. Uh, competitive in KC, but couldn't pull it out, 33-28. Bengals took another L. They uh, lost to the Bills, who are 3-0 for the first time in a long time. That was a 21-17 win there for Buffalo. Good. That's a good bet if, uh, you know, if you bet the Bengals to cover there, that was a pretty good bet there. So at least they did something productive by getting under the the spread there. And uh, I'll say the final team, those darn Steelers, another team. A lot of a uh, lot of baggage with it now, and they took a loss twenty four to twenty in San Francisco. Another surprising three and O team taking advantage of seeing the AFC South 
AFC South has been known as a pretty stout division uh, in, in recent history. They've had some competitive teams, mo- a lot of the years, multiple teams in the playoffs. But in this year, we looked at Cleveland and Pittsburgh, along with uh, Baltimore's being playoff contenders. But after three weeks, it looks like Baltimore is the only team that ha- – may stand any chance at the playoffs right now. Cleveland, again, no, they're in disarray, and uh, Steelers are going nowhere. And definitely the same, say the same for the Bengals. What do you say, Ryan? Yeah, um, I'm going to start, uh, I guess, with the highlight of the week. And uh, for me, I guess you got to go, even though uh, everybody lost in the division, uh, I'll go with Baltimore because uh, some of the things that you were saying earlier, how how we're just seeing a, a development in Lamar Jackson, and even though he wasn't great, I thought he, he played a, a solid game. He showed you his lethalness, that uh, Baltimore team never gave up, and they continued to fight, and they kept that thing as close as they could. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like the Browns kind of – you saw maybe their deficiencies a little bit with their, their offensive line, but I was surprised at how ineffective they were at times in that game. Uh, the Bengals, you know, they just they came on a run in the second half to try to win against the Bills, and it, the Bills really just took it back from them really late, sort of like how the Bears did against the Broncos. But uh, for me, the low light for sure would be the Steelers because, uh, you know, I'm just surprised – at a team like, you know, we talk about Mike Tomlin a lot and figure out how good he is. And I think he's a good coach, and I certainly wouldn't uh, bash him or anything like that. But you thought with removing the distractions that this team would sort of get back to Steelers football and look more like the team that he was uh, coaching on a consistent basis early on in his tenure versus towards the end where they missed expectations. and. They just were really struggling against San Francisco to do anything offensively except for a slight run in the second half. And defensively, they were really solid, but they had five tur- like takeaways, and I believe they had two turnovers. I mean, they absolutely dominated the uh, turnover ratio, and they weren't able to win that game, and it was tailor-made for them to win. So uh, I'm really concerned about what's going on with Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. You know, it just seems like they just aren't getting out of the way of themselves, let alone, you know, being able to take a victory. And that was never the case before with them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You look look at those turnovers. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick in his debut with Pittsburgh got an interception there. So that's a, a good sign for them. Maybe, maybe their defense can, you know, coalesce and bring about something over the course of the season. But, I think that may be the most they can ask for. I mean, Rudolph has, you know, they're just not going to be as powerful an offense, as productive an offense with him leading it as opposed to Big Ben. And, uh, you know, if they don't have that, I think they're so used to having that sort of, you know, that sort of uh, powerful influence there with the off in, in the pocket, you know, with Ben being able to, get it out to multiple receivers and, you know, having multiple guys coming out the backfield and doing special things. You know, as it turns out, you know, they they got rid of a lot of distractions, but they got rid of a lot of talent too. And, you know, it's, 
when you lose talent, you gotta you gotta replace it, or else you're gonna be a worse team for it. So uh, and and one last thing, I would just say, Kyle, I am just amazed at how bad their offensive line has played these first three weeks. I mean, they're easily regarded and graded as one of the top lines, and I don't think that they had really any turnover. They have uh, just a lot of good talent and players at their positions all across the board, and they have just been unable to give their quarterbacks any time to throw, and there is zero running lanes for James Conner and the rest of that running back group. Yeah, that is surprising because, like you say, that's another thing that we you, we typically get from Pittsburgh teams is a good to great offensive line play. And like you say, it, it comes through in the way that they're able to run the ball and able to provide, uh, you know, protection for Ben and everything. But, yeah, if if that's not going for him, then it, it's, it really shows why Connor has had much less of a season than he had last year. Yeah, when he had a great season and he, you know, altogether made people in Pittsburgh forget about Le'Veon Bell. But he's not doing that this year. So definitely a, a, just a lot of – a lot of uh, bad things going on in Pittsburgh right now. And, uh, yeah. yeah, let's uh, – as we finish up with the AFC, let's uh, move over to the East. Patriots and Jets uh, with the old rivalry there. And, uh, of course, the Patriots, as expected, came out easy winners there, 30-14. to 14. Bills, we uh, already went over their score with the Bengals, and they – Set themselves up for a nice little showdown next week against New England. Three and oh, Buffalo is uh one twenty one to seventeen over Cincinnati. And the Dolphins uh played out of division against the Cowboys, another game that was expected to be a big blowout, and it and it was. Uh Cowboys winning 31 6. Cowboys able to go to three and oh themselves there for the first time under Jason Garrett. And uh, Dolphins are just, uh, again, tanking for Tua, as it were. And, uh, you know, as we look at the East, Ryan was, uh, you know, what are your thoughts there? I, I would I would say, uh, you know, myself that the Bills have to be the highlight. You know, the Patriots did what they expected to do, of course. But the Bills, you know, come, coming out 3-0 and now, setting up the big game next week, they uh, – you know, it wasn't easy for them against against uh, Cincinnati, but they uh, they say they held on, and you know, definitely has to be a big confidence booster for them to uh, you know the kind of start that they've had. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Bills are the highlight for the AFC East, um, and especially because next week uh, they might unfortunately be the low light, and probably will when they go against uh, the Patriots. And that's really just by a lot of default in this division because, uh, you know, the Patriots, like you said, they did what they uh, normally do and needed to do against the Jets, and that was win and win big. And the Jets, uh, I mean, without Sam Darnold, what can we honestly expect from them? We thought that they were at best probably a 500 or slightly below with Sam Darnold. Without him, I mean, there's really no conversation. They just don't have enough at the, at the quarterback position or anywhere else around for that team to be good. And we know Miami selling and selling big. So that's easy pickings. If you want to go low light and really it's between the jets and the dolphins, you can kind of take your pick between them. But 
back to the Bills. Uh, they uh, might have something brewing. They got a solid defense. They've got a, a decent run game. It's a Sean McDermott team for sure. It seems like the roster has been really turned over and put over to him to to really his style of coaching and the background that he's come up from. And it's going to just come down to Bill Belichick is probably going to do something similar like he did to uh, Mitchell Trubisky when he played him last year. And that's going to keep Josh Allen in the pocket and try to beat you throwing the football. Don't let him uh, change the game with his legs. And for the Bills, it's probably about getting a good mix of run from your quarterback and throw downfield and live with the results by playing good defense. And uh, I'm certainly excited for that matchup, at least on the onset, but uh, probably closer to Sunday, it's going to feel just more like the Patriots, same old, same old. Yeah, definitely. Looking at the Bills, they had to go without the the rookie Devin Singletary, who I'm keeping an eye on, you know, pretty much based off of uh, the way that you scouted him in in the offseason. And, uh, you know, he he wasn't available this week. So, you know, that – Definitely affected the Bills. It, you know, looking at their their attack, you know, their, their their ground numbers, they didn't have as much as they as they could have had. I think with him in, in the mix, although uh, you know Frank Gore did uh, do a good job, you know, uh, in his you know leading the way in his stead. But uh, you know, having Gore and uh, you know T.J. Yeldon, another guy they have, a veteran guy, uh, definitely allows them to get past a team like the Bengals. But I would hope that Singletary can make himself available for this coming week against the Patriots. I think they're going to need him. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see just uh, what is his impact, if he's going to be able to come back in time, because I believe he's dealing with a hamstring issue. Uh, Devin Singletary, he was a playmaker, and they need him. And I think they're going to go sort of like a Ravens attack with their option offense and uh, a lot of running game and relying on the quarterback just to make enough throws. And certainly if he's not available for that Patriots game, it's going to be really difficult, even with Frank Gore as the the backup, who's a a pretty solid backup to have. But they need that dynamic playmaking because they don't have a ton of that on the outside or anywhere else. Definitely, definitely. And be interested to see how much they ask of Allen next week as well. Uh, you know, will he be just more of the game management type or will they need him to make plays in particular, maybe make plays with his feet? You know, especially if uh, maybe they're not, if they're dealing with Singletary not being available again, maybe they'd have to, uh, like say, move some of that playmaking ability out of the backfield to Allen who, you know, we know does have the capabilities, you know, uh, to run. So uh, it's, that's going to be a, definitely a good matchup to uh, to look at next week and see, you know, if there's any chance of a yes. uh, uprock uh, in the end. See the Bills' season. legitimacy. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be a big story in the early part of this season if they're able to, you know, even compete well, not let alone – Pull off an upset. That'll be monumental. Right. But, yeah. Show out. But that's the. Yeah, definitely. That's the AFC, though, for now. We're going to get uh, get to the NFC, uh, NFC uh, right away here. This is the All 32 podcast. Kyle Means, Ryan Bukovetsky, we are RegalRadio.com, War Media. 
giving you all the best and the highs and lows from uh, week three of the NF- NFL season. And we're just uh, buying our time as well, waiting on the Bears in Washington to kick off on Monday night. But uh, let's look at the NF- NFC again, and, and uh, we'll start, we'll leave uh, – you know, the two divisions that are involved in tonight's game, we'll leave those to the end. So let's start off with the a, uh, NFC West. And let's go with that. And uh, starting with the West, of course, a big game uh, that took – actually, the South and the, and the West and the NFC had a couple of big games, uh, matchups to last uh, yesterday. And the biggest one, of course, was – the uh, New Orleans Saints traveling up to Seattle and 33-27 win for New Orleans. Uh, their first win with a quarterback other than Drew Brees is 2005. And that quarterback was, uh, of course, Teddy Bridgewater, who, uh, you know, thankfully for that franchise, decided not to go to Miami in offseason. Uh, you know, he's uh, held, his, held his spot as the backup to, to Breeze and, uh, you know, had a rough going uh, being split in the middle of the game against uh, L.A. last week when Breeze first had his injury. But uh, this week with some preparation, they uh, got off to a pretty quick start against Seattle. And, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks, of course, had some fight in them. But in the end, uh, the Saints were able to take them down 33-27. And uh, definitely have to look at that as probably the biggest win in the division this week. Uh, but you did ha- have the Panthers get a big win as well, 38-20 in Arizona. And Kyle Allen, you know, replaced another replacement quarterback there, replacing Cam Newton and had him a day. And, uh, you know, out outplayed that young Cardinals team and, uh, you know, like I said, big win for a team that was looking for a win in Carolina. They able to keep them going 0-3. And elsewhere, you had the Buccaneers. Again, uh, a young quarterback being showcased. And you can kind of say, too, I guess, you know, Jameis is technically still a young quarterback. Jameis had a pretty good game in this one. 380 yards, three touchdowns. But Daniel Jones stole his thunder and uh, got got the Giants their first win and his first starting start as a quarterback in the NFL and uh, a big 18 point comeback there for for New York uh, took the sails out of the Buccaneers took the wind out of the Buccaneers' sails I should say and uh, the final score in that division was Atlanta losing to the Colts, as we said earlier. So, uh, yeah, two two and two, the division goes uh, in week three. And, uh, you know, what what would you say would be your, your highs and lows for for the uh, NFC, NFC South? Oh, well, man, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping. I'm skipping myself here. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. But I, go, I started with the – I'm starting with the West, right? But that yeah, was yeah. I was. Uh, I thought maybe I missed that you switched over to the south. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm my fault. I, I, I just transitioned right over to the south. But 
like I said, because you got the two you got the two matchups there, so it's a little bit of a, a mix up on my end. But, I was, but all right, let's go with the South then, since I ended up <laughs> I ended up wrapping up with the South. We'll go back. We'll go to the West in the middle. But the South, uh, two and two. Uh, they say Panthers win, Saints win, and uh, you know what? What are your thoughts on the South division? Uh, I really uh, liked for the highlight New Orleans. Uh, what an impressive victory going in there! I was not surprised necessarily. Kyle, you have me. Yeah, you you good now. Uh, uh, the Saints are definitely my highlight for the division this week. I mean, what an impressive victory going into Seattle and winning. And I'm not surprised that Sean Payton got Teddy Bridgewater and his team ready. He's one of the best coaches. And I thought that that would be somewhat of a coin flip game. And, uh, you know, I ultimately thought Seattle would win because they're at home and with Russell Wilson. But what a great job by that whole Saints team to show up and, especially if they can play well without Drew Brees that still keeps their Super Bowl hopes alive. So I definitely uh, like them as the highlight. And I wanted to put Carolina up there, but since they just don't matter quite yet, but I was, I was surprised at how well Carolina came back. Cause we talked about that before how we both uh, felt the Cardinals were going to probably win that one. Cause it seemed like the Panthers were dead, but in terms of the uh, low light, I think uh, that has to go to the Buccaneers for me because Going into the weekend, they were 1-1, one one, tied for the best record in the division. They had probably the easiest matchup of the division leaders and certainly playing at home against the Giants. I know with uh, Daniel Jones, a different quarterback, it's a little bit harder to prepare for. And, uh, you know, maybe he's more talented than Eli, but that's still not a very good Giants team and how well the Buccaneers defense had been playing for them to be unable to stop the comeback of Daniel Jones. And even though Jameis had a good game, like you pointed out, they just weren't able to put up quite enough points on the board to help out their defense. So to me, they're uh, kind of, in a way, default uh, low light of the weekend. Okay, I got you there. I got you. I'm going to highlight, too, uh, going back to the positive stuff with the Saints. I, I think I would uh, highlight in particular Bridgewater. You know, it wasn't a, a big, big performance, but he didn't didn't make mistakes. Got two scores into the in, got two scores into the end zone. Uh, you know, fed Alvin Kamara well, fed Michael Thomas, you know, decently. And uh, you know, when you look at that triumvirate there, that trio, you know, there's there's not a lot of you know, uh, receiver depth in New Orleans. But, you know, when you look at Kamara, who had 92 yards receiving on nine receptions, along with 69 yards rushing and a touchdown, you know, if, if you're getting the ball to him, you know, receiving out of the backfield, you're, you're pretty much talking about one of the maybe the best receiving uh, running back in the league, along with Thomas, who pound for pound may be the best receiver in the league right now, too. At least the most productive. So uh, you know, if Ridgewater could just make sure that he keeps having games like like the one he had yesterday, you know, Saints really are in a good position to hold water and, and really keep themselves in front of that division, you know, for however long that Drew Brees is out. Yeah, and uh certainly if if they were gonna come out and lay an egg during uh 
Drew Brees' time of coming out, I would have thought it would have been Seattle. That's a tough place to play, a place where, you know, maybe it takes a little bit of time for Teddy to get going, but they came out and all three phases contributed, and that's what it's got to be like while Drew Brees is out, and that's a great example for Sean Payton to set for his team. Yes, indeed. And uh, let's go back to that to that West where I started out. Got a little dizzy there for a second, but uh, like we said, Seattle takes the takes the L to New Orleans at home. A rarity, a, a pretty surprising loss there at home. Early season home loss. Uh, fall back to two and one on the season, and those uh, uh we said the the other Southwest matchup. You had the Cardinals lose. Uh, and elsewhere, those uh, Niners with the big win over over the Steelers through the three and zero, so they're leading the division right now. And you also have the uh, uh, Rams pick up the win in Cleveland, improving. Oh, they're also three and zero as well. So tied. So the, the you have the Rams and the Forty Niners tied. And uh, you know Seattle could be three and zero as well. That could, that could have been quite impressive to have three three and zero teams in the division. But as it is, they still have you know a pretty competitive top three in that division, which I think is more than most divisions can say. And um, you know, uh, what what would you pick out among those three teams? I guess I guess the probably the competition for best of the division right now would be uh, L.A. and San Francisco. Yeah, I'm going to go with San Francisco by nose. Uh, impressive, I thought, what the Rams did going into Cleveland and a place where clearly that they were hyped up and ready. Sort of remind me of the Bears playing the Rams last year in Soldier Field, and it was like one of the first Sunday night games in forever, and it, you just feel that energy and the, the team's ready to go. So impressive stuff. I'll go with Niners just because they really should have lost that game against the Steelers when you give up five turnovers. Uh, when you do that, you're just begging to lose. And for them to just, you know, stay the course, find a way to continue to fight through it and get back into the game and never quit, never give up. And they had themselves a really solid victory going to 3-0. and Real good stuff for them. And they're in the division lead, so exactly where they want to be. Yeah, I think if you look at those two teams, yeah, I think you'd rather want to be uh, San Francisco right now. They seem to have a bit more balance to their t- to their offensive attack, and uh, you know their defense is really coming together as well. You know, I would, you know, I, I like I like that backfield of uh, you know Mostert and Breda is uh, with the 49ers and. Garoppolo still has is, is been iffy with his contributions, but you know he, you know he's a he's an NFL quarterback at least, and he's a guy who you can send out there when he's healthy and know and figure that he can do enough to keep you in the game. But that defense in, in particular, though, like we've been uh, talking about it throughout the first couple of weeks, they got some beasts up there in that front front seven man, uh, Quan Alexander, DeForest Buckner. You know Solomon Thomas. You know some some great rookie, uh, some great young players that they've brought along in recent years. And uh, you know D Ford to pick up an off season. You know just add Nick Bosa. Of course uh, was a big draft pick. Uh, you know there's 
they're bringing they're bringing along they you know bringing along their defense pretty. I think it's it's going to be pretty intimidating when you look at them against. I, I can see them against the Rams, giving the Rams a bit of a bit of a uh, problems when they face them. And when you look at uh, Seattle as well, Seattle's going to be a pretty tougher team to contain with Wilson. But you know that's going to be a hard ending contest too. Whenever they see each other, so they those those three teams could set, could really set up for some good. Uh, you no know, intra division contest coming up. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing those. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a, a tough division in the NFC West, and that's why for me the low light of the weekend is the Seahawks because they were in a prime position to be right there tied for the division lead. And when you see three teams like you said at three and zero, that's pretty impressive. But especially if you see two teams above you at three and zero, and you're two and one you got to get the memo that you can't lose games, especially games that you need to win, and those are games at home, especially against a team like the Saints that, yeah, they're very talented, but they don't have their quarterback. You should have been able to find a way to get that done, and they weren't, so now they uh, unfortunately have to get things kind of moving quickly because you don't want to fall too far behind. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Let's move over now to the NFC. Let's go to the East, then the North. And uh, the East, you know, we said earlier the Cowboys, big win over Miami, 31-6. And uh, the Eagles took an L to Detroit, 27-24 at home. Another home loss for the Eagles. And, um, yeah, and the Giants, of course, a big win over Tampa Bay. The Daniel Jones era has begun in New York. Uh, Got them a new savior out there. But, uh, you know, as, as uh, Washington, you know, kind of hoping that they don't have any highlights tonight. But, uh, you know, we'll see about that. But as of now, uh, you know, what, what, was, what would your pick be for the highlight for the East? Uh, I'm going to go with the Giants because it probably won't be too many times that they'll be up here. <laughs> yes, they found, uh, they found a good formula for winning. It seems like they have some hope again that they have uh, right at the ship, at least at the quarterback position. So uh, got to be the highlight because the Cowboys, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. And if anything, that game was too close for too long, but I'm not going to kill them for that. They got the W, and that's all that matters. Uh, and we'll see, obviously, if Washington were to pull off the upset tonight. That would probably be right up there with uh, the Giants for highlight. But even still, maybe we'll give that one to Daniel Jones. Yeah, I got to agree with you. Just a, a great opening performance for Jones. And he's got to be a guy, especially with Saquon, looking to miss some time now uh, due to his injury, he's got to be a guy you would look at in fantasy, I would think. And, you know, maybe if, if you could pick up a Sterling Shepard or an Evan Ingram in, uh, in, in, your, in your league too, that, you know, because if you're the Giants, you got to just, just really air it out at this point and see just what you got in this rookie over the next few weeks, especially without Saquon available. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's got to be a little bit of time before I I don't like this. I didn't like what people thought that Daniel Jones would be a bust when he was drafted because he was overdrafted too high, and I don't like that this christening if he is the the next quarterback. But a good debut, and now it's going to be about 
if uh, he keeps that job for the rest of the year, eventually there's going to be enough tape where teams are going to try to find a way to adjust to what he's doing. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, withholding the potential embarrassment for Washington tonight, uh, the lowlights you have to think will be the Eagles, right? Yeah. Uh, don't know what's going on with them. They got some serious issues. When they are all playing well, they're a very good team. But if something's off, it seems like they're very beatable. And now, uh, you know, a loss at home to the Lions, they're putting themselves into a bad position to win the division, let alone make the playoffs. But uh, as we move to the north, though, let's uh, get this wrap this up right quick because it's starting off here on Monday night. But uh, got to give some props to the Lions, man, on the road of a tough win. They, you know, uh, played, you know, they managed to keep the Eagles out of the end zone enough to uh, secure that win, and they scored pretty well themselves. And, uh, you know, 2 0 oh, 1. Uh, you know, not quite undefeated, but they haven't lost. <laughs> and it's the best start that they've had under Matt Patricia by far. And uh, they're keeping themselves up with the rest of the division. So, yeah, the 27-24 win there for the Lions. Uh, Vikings, of course, 34-14. The Raiders were just uh, food for them up there in Minnesota. And the Packers, big big, uh, big win for them, 27-16 over the Broncos, 3-0 start for them. They're looking, you know, still not getting big numbers from uh, from Rodgers, but they're doing pretty much what they want to do right now on both sides of the ball. And that defense is uh, continuing to look well. Again, you know, the Broncos aren't giving you much or, uh, with Joe Flacco in the center, but, you know, the Packers are, unlike last year, they're showing themselves to be, a team that does not play down to their competition. Yeah, the highlight, uh, I'll probably give it to the Lions because they had maybe the most impressive victory. But you can go Vikings, you can go Packers. Everybody is playing really tough and really well when it comes to those three teams. So, uh, you know, maybe if Bears go out and have a terrific performance, they can get up there as the highlight because – Maybe they'll join the club of really good playing NFC North teams because right now those three are all getting the job done, and it's uh, it's been pretty impressive. Yeah, the pressure's on for the Bears. There's there's some pressure there because if they fall back again, one and two after tonight, like I said, you have you have you know winning teams in the rest of the division, and you have a Minnesota team that's coming into town uh, this coming Sunday, so. Uh, that's not a position the Bears want to be in, and you know we'll we'll withhold the uh, the low light. You know maybe you know hopefully the Bears will keep themselves out of that position, but we'll talk more about the Bears definitely uh, later this week on the Bear Necessities podcast. But uh, as we uh, get closer to kickoff in Washington and the or in Virginia, as it were, the DMV area, uh, let, let's let's get your your under the spotlight, man. Uh, what what is what do you what do you think are the main areas or uh, matchups or uh, you know the whatever we should focus on tonight uh, intangibles or whatever the, that can uh, swing this game you know in one way or the other. Yeah, this week it's it's going to be kind of an easy one, but I think that this is a a pillar type game, and I'm going to go with Mitch 
Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback, for under the spotlight because I think that this is this is a finally uh, enough is enough in a certain sense. Like he's got to get all season long to see what he can do in two years in this system and what kind of player he is because there's still time because he's not too too old, but. If he is unable to go out and have a good performance, uh, even if it's just average or worst-case scenario that it's bad, uh, that's leaving too much on the table for me. And I think that a good quarterback would come into Washington against that defense with what he has on his team and find a way to put up close to 30 points and put up a, a really good night. If he is just kind of average or bad, I, I think that that just shows that you know, Mitch is going to be probably a streaky guy if he ever puts it together and uh, be very similar maybe to Eli Manning, except uh, we'll see about being able to lead a team to the Super Bowl. But how Eli was never an all-pro, he was never a guy that was a consistent pro bowler. He was just a guy that got hot and really could play well at times. And I wonder if that's Mitch's ceiling, if he's unable to go out there and be really successful starting tonight against the Washington team. Yeah, and there'll be you, – you You wonder how much rope or string is he even going to have, you know, uh, coming out of this week if he doesn't have the type of performance that engenders confidence from, you know, uh, the Bears faithful and uh, everybody else looking around. But uh, we're about to go live here right quick, going uh, showing my pretty face on Facebook. But uh, welcome, everybody, here on the Regal Radio Facebook page. Kyle Means here. I got Ryan Bukovsky talking to me on the phone. You can hear him. Uh, say, say hi, everybody, Ryan. What's up, football nation? Let's get ready. Let's do it tonight. Yeah, Ryan, just uh, me and Ryan are wrapping up our all 32 podcasts and uh, our quick uh, final uh, preview of the Bears and Washington here. Uh, Ryan just gave some good uh, good breakdown and uh, really set up the stakes for Mitch Trubisky leading into this game. Uh, you can listen to that pretty soon on War on Anchor, so make sure to look out for that, uh, anchor.com. Anchor.fm slash Regal dash radio. That's our address. Or just search Regal Radio or War or War or We Are Regal Radio and uh, Anchor.fm. But uh, yeah, uh, we got you under the spotlight there, Ryan. Anything else that uh, comes to mind, man, that, that you think is going to be important? I know Pinero, his status has been kind of up in the air, and they got him on the screen now with ESPN, but uh, it looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, do you think he's he, he's going to be as, of much importance in this game as he was last week? Well, I think you're having a really bad week if he is, to be honest. Uh, you know, they might need him for some volume of field goals to try to get extra points because I don't expect this offense to just go up and down the field and score a bunch of touchdowns, but – even if, let's say, worst-case scenario, they are forced to go for fourth downs and not kick and go for two-point conversions, there's just really nothing on the other side of the field that should scare you. Or as long as the team shows up and plays to the type of caliber that we expect them to be, 
this game should really not be close, and it shouldn't come down to an Eddie Pinero field goal. And even if you were to go without Eddie for whatever reason tonight because he's just unable to continue on, even though it looks like he'll be okay, I, I still don't think that that's going to be enough to really sway anything unless the Bears just lay an egg. Definitely, definitely. You don't want to leave – you don't You don't want to have this game rest on his foot again. You don't want to have any 53-yarders unless you absolutely have to. And, uh, you know, against against Washington especially, they're, they're just not a team that looks like they're producing much in the way of, uh, of offense. They're not controlling the ball well. You know, they have some players on defense, but it's – you know, I, I don't think Ryan Kerrigan alone should be uh, disrupting uh, uh, Mitch Mitch in the pocket. And, uh, you know, the Bears have the type of speed and agility with their receivers to be able to get around, uh, you know, some of the guys that they have in the back, you know, be it Josh Norman or whatever. So uh, the mat- the matchup is there for the Bears. They just have to come through. And if, they- if they're going to be any type of uh, contender like, so many of us believe them to be entering this season. They cannot lay, uh, as, as Ryan said, lay an egg here tonight. We have to see them assert themselves and not just, you know, be as passive and as uh, unproductive as they were in the, in the first two weeks. You know, they, they can't win in spite of anything. They have to really win this, this night. And if they want to, you know, really engender confidence again. I mean, you just can't go one and two, losing to Washington, heading up against Minnesota. Then after that, you have London, a bye week, and a really tough portion of your schedule. So it's about taking advantage of your opportunities, and this is an opportunity tonight. Uh, before we, you know, we're getting close here. We're gonna go to up to about seven fifteen here. But uh, what would what would be one player, Ryan, who you haven't seen much of? much production of or much of what they may have showed last year who would you, who you would like to see a bit more of or may, or maybe even a new player or whatever you know who would you like to see a little bit more of in in the game tonight uh you know Tariq Cohen would definitely be up there it just seems like we haven't seen a lot of him on offense I'd love to see him be a little bit more involved especially in the pass game and when and they need big plays and they need some guys that can either catch the ball downfield if Mitch is able to get them the ball or they need some guys to break a tackle or two and create a big play uh, you know by themselves in the open field so Tariq Cohen would be up there and and to me in general that just leaves the running back position because I'm sure that the plan will be get David Montgomery involved somewhat similar like it was in Denver. So how well does he play? How well does he take advantage of those opportunities? And I hope that the next thing will be let's get Tariq Cohen way more involved, whether it's in the run or pass or both, but whatever the case, get him more involved in the game. Yeah, I want to see I want to see a bunch of Tariq. And actually this week I don't want to see any of Montgomery. 
Because if Montgomery gets two fantasy points, then D's going to beat me this week, man. I can't have that. Mm. I need Allen Robinson to have an epic day if I'm going to have any shot in mind. That's cool. That's that'll be fine, man. Let let that, yeah. Let let's do nothing but passing, man. I, you know, I, yeah. It, I'm but, good with that. Let's throw three or four touchdowns to Allen Robinson. But you know what killed me though with D uh, is uh, Evans had like 47 points or something, man. If he just had a regular, yeah. if he just had a regular game, I would have blew D out. But uh, you know, he he kept the, he kept them in the game yesterday, so. Really, really, I'm looking at an L. My first L this year. I had a had a freaking tie last week, uh, but uh, you know, one my first week, a tie last week. So I'm I'm looking at one, one, and one after this week. But so you know, hopefully, you know, if Singletary does contribute and help the Bears win, I'll be okay with that. But you know, if, if you know, if the Bears just uh, stinky, I don't need to see Singletary <laughs> getting points. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna let you go, Ryan, man, uh, so you could enjoy the game and uh, observe it as you as you like. And I'm gonna do the same myself, and uh, y'all can do the same on Facebook. Uh, check us out. Uh, all 32 podcasts will be available early Tuesday. We talking about everything in the league that happened this week, and uh, bare necessities and new bare necessities will be breaking down what happened uh, in this game tonight. And uh, looking f- and turn the focus right around to Sunday's upcoming game against Minnesota as well. All that's coming up on War on Anchor this week, as well as a new Dean Davis show, which Ryan is uh, so uh, producing at a high rate with uh, with the fellas Ken and the Mons. And uh, yeah, it's all happening, man, with us Dean Davis show. Uh, you know, Bears coverage, NFL coverage. This is the time of the year where you want to be definitely on our tip here with We Are Regal Radio. And uh they're about to kick off though. So uh we're gonna let it we're gonna let it fly. Uh Ryan, thanks again, man. Hope you enjoy the game. Hope you enjoy your evening. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kyle. Same to you. All right, y'all. Uh yeah. Hope y'all enjoy the game as well. We'll talk to y'all later and uh bear down. <laughs>